Hello, everyone. It is your host, Josh. Welcome back to another episode of Rhubarb Nation. I know it's been I know it's been a while. Listen, I'm sorry. Okay, I've been busy. I've been busy, and uh, you know, I let John record a podcast, and then I uh, yelled at the clouds on some other episode about some stuff that I was upset about. Uh, I use this podcast for that probably too much. Anyways, um. I hope y'all are doing well. John D. Howard did get married finally. Uh, man. <clears throat> Welcome back, folks. It's another episode. My goodness, it's been too long. I've missed you. Have you missed me? I see you on Twitter. People ask me. When are you going to record another podcast? And I don't know. I never know. Uh, it's very unstructured. You know, the Rhubarb Nation podcast is kind of like that that underground band that you liked in college that did those secret shows, those like pop up shows. I used to live in Birmingham in my uh, in my twenties when I was a hipster and I drove a Saab nine three with a Thule roof rack and I had this little hipster one bedroom apartment and I and I, and there was these bands I followed. And sometimes on MySpace, they would have like little um, secret show uh, announcements. And that's how I feel this podcast is like. It's like uh, I have a little cult following and uh, I just every now and then I'll just post a show because I'm not in it for the money. You know what I mean? But it, hey, if anybody does want to sponsor me and give me money, that'd be great. Let me know. My DMs are open. Uh, listen, in, in big news, John D. Howard former spiritual advisor to the Nakahoma Nation podcast show got married Saturday. It was a huge day. He is way more important than I realized. Um, wow. My, my wedding was small and intimate. And, uh, when someone tells you they have a small intimate wedding, that is code for they are losers and they're not that popular. And so when me and Nikki got married, we got married on some rooftop in downtown Rome and, uh, our wedding photos were cute. And we had like the Rome, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the clock tower. Yeah. The clock tower in the background and the sun was going down and it was in October. Uh, but because of, uh, global warming now, October is not like leaf changing time. So it was like still kind of warm and like the leaves weren't really changing yet, but it was, it was still pretty. But uh, there wasn't that many people because it was small and intimate, which means we're not that we're not that cool. But John John's wedding, let me tell you, I don't listen. I don't know what Julia's dad does for a living, but he owns at least I don't know what he does. Like I need to find out. Like the dude must own like Nabisco or something or Lay's potato chips because my goodness, I I knew about Perimeter Church. I went to like some youth group thing there in high school, uh, back in like the year 2000, but I hadn't been there since. And it still looks kind of like what I remember it looking like when you pull up on it. But now there's like a chapel and the chapel is bigger than most churches in rock Mart and nicer than any church in rock. Actually it, it's gotta be bigger than any church in rock Mart. Yeah. So you walk in this chapel, well, first of all, you pull up 
to the church. And I'm like, uh, John lied to us. John, John either lied to us or he, he backed out. There's no cars here. What is happening? And then you see a sign that says chapel and you're like, oh, there's a chapel to this church. And so you drive around then you see the cars and then I see JTM Mallory and I realize, oh, there's a chapel connected to this church. That's, that's what kind of church this is. Oh my goodness. And so we park, we go in and I mean, there, there's like a lobby and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you the chapel, just the wedding chapel is nicer than most churches I have been to. And also when you, when you're driving there, like, uh, John's Creek, which didn't even exist when I was in high school. When I was in high school, it was just Duluth, I think, right? Like, yeah, it was just Duluth. And now it's John's Creek. Everything's manicured. You're driving by these neighborhoods, y'all. And the amount of money spent on the landscaping and and the stonework and the fake rocks and stuff like that, like the the little waterfalls and stuff in the, in the entrances of these neighborhoods, it's insane. Like it, it is nicer than anything going on in Polk County. I mean, I felt like a poor, I, I drive like a, like a seven year old or a six year old Ram. So my truck in Polk County, it, it's nice. Like I'm doing okay. You know, it's not the nicest truck, but I'm doing okay. I'm driving in Johns Creek, formerly Duluth. And I feel like I am, you know, poor, you know? And so I'm like, what am I doing with my life? These people are, how, how do you afford any of this? Everyone is in a brand new truck or car, you know? And then, uh, and you get there and you, you walk in, it's just, it's so nice. It's so nice. And so I don't know what Julia's dad does, but congrats to John, you know? I mean, he robs the cradle, first of all. She's like barely out of college. John's pushing 40. And she clearly has money because that place was not cheap. On a sat on a Saturday? On a Saturday at 11, you know? And then the service was very nice. It was very John, you know, very, um, you know, professional. Uh, Clint married them. Clint is their pastor or his pastor at, uh, at some, uh, Baptist church, not really a Baptist church. They identify as Baptist, but, uh, it's like a reformed situation, uh, somewhere in like Atlanta, but Clint's a great guy. So Clint marries them. And then John's dad does some, it's on the, it was on the schedule. It, some weird word, not like the, um, I don't even know what it's called. It's, it was, I mean, the nomenclature for it on the, on the schedule was like, I'm like, I'm not in Rotmore anymore. You know, like where I'm from, we just go in the backyard, you know, or on top of a roof downtown. Uh, but it was, it was very nice. It was very, very nice. The groomsmen, um, I don't know why I, I wasn't up there, but like, that's a different podcast, whatever. Uh, you know, we were just happy to be there and support John who, you know, again, like I know, like we'll be friends with him long for a long time. Uh, lo you know, long after these losers on stage will be, but, uh, uh, 
aside from his brother, obviously, obviously, I mean, he, he needed to be best man, but these other guys, whatever. So, and then we went to, uh, um, the reception, which was in Norcross at some plantation home where there were servants serving us hors d'oeuvres. We don't have our hors d'oeuvres in Rockmart. Uh, so I didn't know what to do. I'm not used to that. I'm not used to people like walking around asking me, um, would you like, uh, I don't even know what they were like, like grilled chicken on a stick, you know, and there was wine and drinks and it was very nice. It was very beautiful. And then there was a, like a buffet meal. And then we were, we were seated uh, there was numbered tables and all the Nakahoma guys were together. And then we, uh, we sat next to um, uh, some people that we, uh, uh, that I guess they went to John's church, uh, Jessica and Cameron, who were wonderful people. We got to know them and some other couple, I forget their names, but they, they were cool. But Jessica and Cameron were super sweet. And uh, I got to learn the inner workings of, the Baptist versus the reform. So the, the church that John goes to is like a, I think it's like a, um, historically it's a Southern Baptist church or something. And, but like, there's some newer people coming in that are kind of reformed. So there's, there's, there's this thing going on. It's very interesting. Um, anyways, it was a great day and it also took up the whole day. Cause I'm not sure if you ever driven from like Northwest Georgia across Atlanta on a Saturday. My gosh. I, the only reason I'm in Georgia is just because of family. I can't stand this state. I can't, I can't stand it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, there's a couple of places in Georgia. I like, I like Habersham County because there are trout there that I can catch and eat. All right. And I like, um, uh, that's, that's about it actually. I don't even like Savannah that much. Uh, yeah. Other than that, that's it. Yeah. If it wasn't for family, I don't know what state I would, uh, I'm out of North Carolina. There's too many Democrats and, uh, Texas is getting weird. I don't know what I would do if I had no family and I could just move anywhere. I don't know, but, but Georgia, the traffic is just, it's silly. It's ridiculous. You can't drive anywhere. I don't know how Georgia fans do it. Like I have turned down amazing, like, I mean, seriously, like front row Georgia football game tickets because I don't want to drive to Athens on a Saturday. I'm like, no, I would rather just hang out and watch it on TV. So anyways, um, it's Juneteenth. I don't know what that means. I think it's a new holiday. I'm not against it. I think it's, it's cool. I think it's the celebration of the day when the last, uh, slaves found out they were freed, I believe. Right. Like in Texas, like the work, cause there was no email. There was no, um, texting, there was no Facebook messenger. And so they, um, out in Texas, they were the last to find out or something. Right. Um, I think that, I think there, first of all, there's no grace ever just in, just in general, people are just so hateful and horrible online all the time. And 
I have been guilty to feed into that and to succumb to that myself. But my goodness, like, first of all, if you want to celebrate Juneteenth, go for it, baby. It's all good. Close down your business. It's all good. Like celebrate that junk. It's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But also I understand why people are like not crazy about it just because of how it became a federal holiday. You know what I mean? Cause it was like, it was, I think people, um, look at it skeptically sometimes and rightfully so that's the vibe that I get. Cause I, let me, let me say it this way. So the nineties, you guys remember the nineties, the nineties, Bill Clinton's president. Um, you know, like I remember when I was a kid, like early nineties, like you grew up and like, we learned about like the civil rights and, 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 uh, slavery and, um, and pop culture movies and things on TV and all that. Like we were under the impression that everything is, is good. Everything's better. We were getting along, um, from rap to sports to like, um, to all that, like things have been fixed. And then, you know, 2020 happens and all this stuff, all this hatred was brought up and almost like, gaslighting has happened over the last, you know, two to three years and young people. And I say this because like I listen to NPR sometimes and there are young people on NPR who the way they talk, it's like, they don't even, they talk as if people like me who, who are 40 were never taught like, slavery like you know and um and so the uh, yeah what am i trying to say so so then juneteenth was created with this mindset of everything is so racist and worse now than it was in the 60s and so when it was created that way which is like kind of um not true not honest not intellectually honest other people, often uh, conservatives or whatever, are like that. But that's not, that's not true. That's not. That's not like. That's not honest. So I don't want to celebrate it now. Like it's, like I love him. Okay, I love, I, you know, I support all that stuff. You know, I, I'm not racist. I, I, you know, I, I support all of it. I support my brothers and my sisters and all this stuff. But, but if you're if you're doing this out of that, you know spirit it's just it's now now it's awkward now you've made it awkward you know what i mean so that's the weirdness that we're currently in i feel you know you know what i mean it's just it's weird it's like uh it's like black history month when i was a kid like we loved black history month it was it was like when i was a kid black history month was cool because we just there was no there was no like hatred or weirdness man like we learned about jackie robinson and Booker T. Washington and Harriet Tubman. And it was, it was educational. We went on field trips and it was awesome. And, and now, you know, white people are so often, and I'm not trying to sound like a victim because I'm not a victim. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be all weird like that, but we're, we're, we're just so, you know, uh, you know, since Trump and all that stuff and the media, I don't know, we're, we're, we're always being told how, racist we are and 
you know, and uh, it's just it's just weird. It's it's just I don't know. But um, yeah, about that though, I uh, last month is it June? Yeah, last month. So May, beginning of May, me and Brinley, my little girl, we go to one of our things is we go to Goodwill to buy books. Uh, and I'm mean, we'll stock up them. All of her kids' books, almost all of them, come from Goodwill, and so she'll get like four or five in a trip, and she'll she'll pick them out. I'll I'll kind of help her a little bit. Cause sometimes she'll get some, something that's weird or like the pages are messed up. And so she'll get, she'll get some books and then I'll get like maybe one or two. And, uh, and I got, I got this book. Um, it's a compilation of Martin Luther King Jr.'s writings, uh, called the radical King. And it's by Cornell West, Cornell West, compiled a bunch of writings by MLK, put it into a book and he sold it under, under his name, but it's a compilation of just MLK's writings. And, uh, and at the beginning of each chapter, Cornell West does just a little bitty blurb. So it's, it's he kind of removes himself, but I guess he put his name on the front of it. I don't know how royal royalties work and how, what he made. I don't know, but, but I bought it. And so on the way to Chicago and back last month, I read it and, uh, and I mean, I grew up, you know, just like you guys did in public school, knowing about MLK, you know, all the famous stuff that he did, right? I have a dream, the letters, the, the, the jail letters and, uh, you know, uh, and some of the sermons he did, but I didn't know he wrote like wrote, wrote books. Um, he wrote three books. Like I'm talking about like rote books. I also didn't realize how uh, much of a theologian the guy was. Like I knew, I knew a little bit about it um, from a podcast I recently listened to by Preston Sprinkle called Theology in the Raw. In the Raw. Um, so I knew, like I knew that he went to Boston, but I didn't realize what that really meant. Like the dude, I think at age 28 gets his PhD in systematic theology from Boston University, which is like maybe the hardest school, maybe next to Oxford to do that in. Like most of my, almost all of my favorite like writers and authors and, and uh, Christian thinkers could not get into Boston. Like it's ridiculous. And if you read his writing, you, uh, just the way he writes, like the man's a genius. And you're like, obviously he's a genius. Johnson is, is okay. But like, you just got to read it. Like he's the way he writes the words he uses. It's he's incredible. Um, but also just how he applied. And, uh, all this is like obvious, you know, when I say this, you're like, obviously, but when you read it and, and revisit it, as an adult, you just, you just got to read it. Um, read the book that he wrote about, uh, the Montgomery, uh, bus boycott called stride. Uh, it's, it's amazing, but the way he applied Christianity and Jesus's teaching to the, those moments. And he didn't go, he hadn't. So here's the thing too. 
that I don't think most people understand. He had no idea, no aspirations, no plan at all about being a civil rights leader at all. So dude goes to school just to be a preacher. Um, so he goes to school just to study the Bible. Like he just loved the Lord, loved the Bible. Dude was just a Bible nerd. That's all it was. He was a Bible nerd and he goes to Boston Theological Seminary. And then when he graduates, so his dad was a pastor, which most folks know, you might know that. So his dad was a famous, pretty, pretty famous pastor in the South who uh, Martin Luther King Sr. was a pastor, Ebenezer Baptist in Atlanta. And so because of that, people kind of already knew who he was. And during the summers, he would sometimes preach at that church. So, so kind of on the kind of the black church scene, people kind of already knew him a little bit. So he goes and he graduates with, I mean, kind of the most badass degree you can kind of get in that world. And he gets all these job offers from colleges. He gets like Dean offers, college admin offers. And he takes a job at Dexter Avenue Baptist in Montgomery. He goes down there and then all that stuff happens. And he was just the guy. Like he was just, he just happened to be the guy with just amazing leadership skills and he could speak and he was just, he was just the guy. And so all that stuff happens and they look to him and he was, he was just there and the rest is history. So, uh, as you can tell, I'm totally obsessed with him and, um, bought all of his books on the Ebays and, and you should do the same thing, but it, it's kind of weird. Cause you read, you read about that. You read about those people in that time. So, you read about black folks in the South in the late fifties and, and in, in particular, like black Christians, black Christians in the deep South in Montgomery, Alabama, maybe the greatest people ever and how they operated and showed love to people who freaking hated them will blow your mind. And and if those people were alive today and would see how we treat each other, how a lot of the people like from BLM treat, you know, the people on the right and people on the right, if they saw a Tucker Carlson video and saw how he kind of, you know, sort of, you know, sort of uses his words carefully to kind of you know, disrupt the left like that. I mean, it's just so unbiblical. I'm just saying like, if those people, those good people from that time, from that era saw what we're doing now, they, uh, -uh, no, I'm just saying like the, and it's, it's kind of sad because they really, those people from the late fifties or, you know, through, unfortunately when he, when he, when he got killed, they did so much amazing work, you know, to, 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 to fix such a, such a terrible atrocity that was, you know, racism in America. And it wasn't just the South. It was all of America. And if you don't know that, look at baseball, right? All of baseball was segregated and there was no teams in the South until 1966, but all, they, they did so much greatness. And then, you know, and, and now look at us. We just, we're, we're just fighting online. It's just so weird. So, so, so weird. 
And then there's Tucker Carlson. So I wanted to, so Tucker Carlson, man, it's such a weird, like feeling I have. So he drops these videos, man. And I'm, I'm like, what he's saying is not, not incorrect, but it's the way he's saying them. And I, and I don't know how to articulate it and I'm still working it out in my mind. And I don't even know if I'm ready to talk about it yet. Um, but let me do this and maybe, maybe, maybe let me do this and then maybe we can talk about it in a future podcast, but I'll, I'll do this. I, Tucker Carlson. So you guys know my politics. You guys follow the podcast, follow me on Twitter. So you guys obviously know my politics. And I've, I've often joked on Twitter before Tucker Carlson, all the stuff happened. Um, and if you're new to this podcast, I've made this joke on Twitter s- several times and, and I mean it. And the joke is, um, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it, it, it's kind of true. So I've joked about how Tucker Carlson has done to my dad, what my dad thought kid rock was going to do to me. And, and, and I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of not. And the joke is, um, the joke is this Tucker Carlson has ruined <laughs> my, my dad and all of his friends, like my dad's generation, like on Facebook. And I mean, you know, and so, uh, and then when Tucker, uh, broke off from Fox, he started dropping these videos and I started watching them and like, they weren't terrible. And I got kind of sucked in and I'm like, Oh man, he's kind of, he's working it. He's calling, he's calling it out. He's calling both sides out. And, and then I went to church Sunday and my pastor has been talking about, uh, during the month of June, he's been, he's been in the book of, uh, of, of first Timothy and, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's been like chin music and, uh, and like, it's been, it's been like a kick in the nuts, man. I'm just, I'm just being real. Like he's like, and so like, I'm reading some of this stuff and I'm like, I'm feeling uncomfortable shall I say convicted in Christianese. That's what we call it. If you're not a Christian, that's what we call it. It's like we have consciences and we, you know, it's like we, mm, you know, we read something. It's like, uh, mm, I feel uncomfortable, you know? And so I don't know how to articulate what I'm trying to say, but what I'll do is I'll, 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 I'll read this and maybe, maybe you guys can, uh, between, between now and next podcast, just, just watch either the latest Tucker Carlson video. And if you don't want to, I, I understand because my wife finds him repulsive um, or watch the, the next one with a clear, sober mind and maybe read some of first Timothy, read some of first Timothy and then watch it. If you're a believer, if you're not a believer, then I don't know to tell you, I'll, I'll be praying for you. But like, if you're a believer, read, read some first Timothy and watch it. It's not what he says. It's how he says it. And then just think about it. Um, it's, it's yeah. In first Timothy chapter six verse, um, where is it? Uh, verse three. So Paul's writing to, to Timothy. He says, if anyone teaches otherwise, it does not agree with, 
to the sound doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching. They are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind and have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. And I, and I can go on, but I don't know when he, when he read that. And when I read that, when I read some other stuff in that book, I just, maybe it's just me. You know how we all kind of read stuff and we think about different stuff or different things speak to different people. I don't know. I just thought about our old boy, Tucker Carlson. So I'll leave you with that. Have a great week, everyone. Okay. Uh, go Ty Floyd, go LSU Tigers. Ty Floyd is out of Rockmart, Georgia. So we will be watching that tonight at the rails in Rockmart. Rockmart's or downtown Rockmart's only bar. So if you're around, come say hi. All right. Peace.